You're listening to The Quad, a Killjoys podcast. My name is Chris. And I'm Stephanie. And I'm Annie. We're talking about the fourth episode of Killjoys Season 4, What to Expect When You're Expecting an Alien Parasite. While we will talk about anything and everything from that episode, there won't be any spoilers for future episodes. Let's get started with our reviews. I really, really love this episode, you guys. I am having all the emotions, and I'm exactly the right level of confused. This, for <laughs> me, is ideal television. <laughs> I, I feel like I mostly understand what we saw of Dutch's time in the green space, but also I don't know how much of it to trust or what it all means. I'm like, okay, but but really? What? <laughs> but it was super hard watching the lady appearing as if to be Klein beat up Dutch. The relationship that Dutch has with Klein is so complicated, and they finally got to like a good place, and now we're watching what appears to be Klein beating up Dutch, and it's just mm-hmm. it was hard for me. Also hard for me watching Dutch and Hull and Johnny's reunion because he's Hull and Johnny, and it's just it's so tense and uncomfortable and it's that whole thing of like it's johnny but it's not johnny but because it's sort of johnny he knows all the ways to hurt dutch most just it was it hurt a lot (sighs) i'm emotional you guys and then we also got that contrasted with the humor and worry of the dulcea in labor storyline which was great and entertaining and also anxiety inducing (laughs) I've got to say, Davin, I love Davin so much. He is way more than 8% adorable. He's like 91% adorable. (laughs) I'd say 95 because of the eyelashes. I'm going to give him the extra 4%. I mean, there's 91% adorable, and then there's like an overlap of hunkiness with the adorableness, which adds up to like 160% or something. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Math is complicated, you guys. But I love him, and I want good things for him. He's such a decent, supportive guy. And he I mean, he has been for a while, but I feel like this season has really put that in the forefront. And uh, I like it. Stephanie, what'd you think? Yeah, I felt very overwhelmed by this episode, but in a, in a good way. There was kind of a strange route that it feels like we took to get to this episode, but we got here, and it really delivered on the story threads that had been started in the previous couple of, of episodes. And I thought it was great having everybody back together on Lucy, and she got some really great lines this episode. You know, I was really, really happy to have Dutch slash just Hannah John Common generally kind of back at the helm of the episode. But still, I thought Zeph and Davin and Delsea in particular, they really got their opportunities to shine in this episode. And that's something I've really been appreciating about this season so far as we've, we've gotten to have some of our other characters kind of step up and sort of take a leadership role in like the AE storylines and things like that. So I, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed this episode. So what do you think, Annie? I thought this episode did a really great job of balancing three intense storylines and again gave me feelings too. So, um, but this came after me screaming at my screen and watching Zoe Palmer appear on Winona Earp and then it went directly into this. So I was already very, very wound up. So it's quite an intense hour for me. So 
Uh, first off, I love Delcea showing a range of just everything, humor, and then she gets her emotions back, and she's like, I feel everything, and I hate it. <laughs> it was such a great uh, vehicle for Mako Nguyen, and I thought she did an excellent job in this episode. At one point, I'm like, this is one of the strangest labor birth scenes ever, but I'll go with it. And the Dutch and Johnny scenes, oh, again, tears. Uh, because, as you say, Chris, they have so much pain behind their conversations because they have so much history. And oh, and I actually was really shocked when Johnny dehollenized himself by breaking his own neck. And I'm like, this is, maybe this is in the green, right? Wait, wait, what just happened? And is he dead? And it's very stressful. And then seeing what actually happened in the green and how the lady had this process of breaking Dutch. And she admits Johnny, you know, she broke, which we all knew was coming. But still, it was very painful to see. And very, very creepy how the lady can just shapeshift into anybody. And, you know, oh, by the way, here's a vision of how Team Awesome Force basically loses spectacularly. And really hope it doesn't come true. But I was really happy that so many of the actors had a chance to show range and, you know, as they're portraying everything, all the stakes keep getting higher because we don't know how the heck they're going to defeat the lady or what she even is. So, uh, stressful, but great episode. So since Annie left off talking about the, the lady uh, a little bit, we got some feedback from Fred, who said, I didn't like the whole stuff with Klein and Dutch in the green. Too confusing, psychedelic, and slow pace. Of course, we finally got some insights into who or what the lady is, but actually we still haven't really seen her. Perhaps she is not a corporeal being at all, although if that is the case, she probably would have been more gender neutral. But would she have necessarily? Yeah, I, I don't mind. I, I mean, I, I think to an extent, like, yes, they were kind of slow and I think purposefully confusing, but I actually don't mind at this point because this is really the first time we're getting to see the lady. And so I thought it was neat that we were learning stuff about her by just seeing Dutch interacting with her. And there wasn't like a huge info dump about her all at once. Yeah, and I don't know about you guys, but every time we had one of those scenes, I went on like high alert. <laughs> Like, I've got to listen very carefully to everything that is happening yeah. and, mm -hmm. and be mm -hmm. super observant because these are things we don't know about yet. Right. Because we got definitely got the sense that, and we knew this kind of going in, the importance of memory to her, the fact that memory is trapped inside of the green space. And she was talking about what she liked best about human memory is that not only do they remember sort of places and faces and things like that, they remember emotions. I just thought those were really interesting scene sort of learning more about her and sort of what she gets out of being in the green space and like what her abilities are and that it seems like to her that's a matter of a means of manipulation exactly mm -hmm. except she's quite the meaning about it and it's like <laughs> i'm going to show you all the pain you've had in your life just ugh. can't can't you just you know take a chill pill lady apparently not <laughs> I mean, she's apparently very long-lived. Maybe she did that for a while and was like, you know what? This is boring. <laughs> Being mean is funner. Yep. Torturing people is funner. If I've learned anything from Delcea. <laughs> and then she had that line about the fact that she is not Holland. She uses the Holland. Yeah. They are tools for her, but she herself is not. So, of course, that leads to the big question, then what the heck is she? <laughs> I had a random thought, and I don't know if this actually means anything, but... That whole thing with Klein and the Black Root, that kind of 
felt like it never quite went anywhere, and it probably is unrelated to this, but this was my thought. <laughs> Be more specific. What what Klein and the Blackroot thing are you talking about? They came for him? That That part? Right, that there was some sort of differentiation that the black root was a specific thing. And I think maybe what we're supposed to get out of that is that they were just, they were Holland. And that's what that was. But part of me now is like, is that some sort of reference to what the lady was? I mean, I don't know. Before she ended up trapped in the green. Hmm. Probably was- not, but a thought I had. <laughs> Well, has the lady always been in the green? No. No. Right? I mean, presumably not, because yeah. that's the way they phrased it, was that she is trapped in the green and has mm-hmm. been trying to figure out a way to get out. That is the important part about Anila and Dutch, right? Because Anila pulled Dutch out of the green. So Anila's power that created Dutch is exactly what the lady is, has been seeking, Yes, I'm quite worried about Anila and her brain melting at this point, because that's kind of what it looked like at the end. And I'm like, but but how is she going to stop the lady from escaping? And it doesn't look like it's going to take very long before the lady gets out of there. But Dutch promised that she would go get Anila, and I have faith in Dutch. Yeah, I, I do. I'm just, again, I get nervous very easily. It was implied, but we didn't see the moment when Anila helped Dutch get out of the green. But I'm assuming that's what Dutch meant by saying Anila saved her, is she helped Dutch get out of the green. And then we see that the the green on that planet plus surrounding planets all solidified. Are we thinking that Anila did that? Or is that something the lady did? Oh, that's a good point. I was thinking Anila did it because that didn't happen until Dutch came out of the green. So I'm thinking that's part of Anila trying to keep the lady in the green. By rendering it all useless. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I agree, too. That was my thought, but it it did occur to me, or is that the ladies somehow, I don't know, a a defense against Dutch coming back in? I don't know. But I would think she would want her back in. So it just occurred to me, is it a possibility that the lady did that? But I agree with y'all. I think it's most likely that we are supposed to assume that Anila did it. Right. Because Anila seemed aware of and cool with the fact that they were trapped in there together. Mm-hmm. And I did really like that confrontation between the two of them where the lady is like, aren't you scared, little girl? You're trapped in here with me. And Anila's just like, yes, but you're trapped in here with me. Yeah. <laughs> but then she drinks the tea or whatever. And then she starts like, I swear, it's like her brain is frying. And I'm like, I am very worried about Anila now. And I think it was just she was not that her brain was frying. That she- I know. I know. <laughs> but my brain had practically fried by that point. So... Uh, very I, say, I feel like there's a jump of of assumption there <laughs> yeah but like anila seemed to be aware of what the tea was like she she yeah, drank yeah. it she she had an expression of like bring it on <laughs> so i'm not particularly worried granted there was the expression of oh no <laughs> which i believe is what annie is referring to as the brain melting <laughs> <laughs> But still, Dutch seemed confident that Anila could hold her off for a bit. Yeah. Fingers crossed, because that that character's too good to get rid of this soon, I feel like. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, preferably at all, but at the very least, there's another season and a half left. I'm just saying. One of my favorite parts of the episode was 
all the scenes with the lady as Klein shapeshifter kind of thingy, um, because <laughs> because I thought Rob Stewart did such an incredible job of portraying someone who is both Anila's father figure and yet is seems to be the incarnation of this evil lady at the same time. So that was really interesting to watch those scenes. And I just thought he did a great job. It did make me wonder where real Klein was, though, all that time. Yeah. Because I guess he's supposed to supposedly be looking for Dutch in the green space, but we saw real Anila, and we saw, as well as, you know, Lady Anila, but we did not see real Klein. We just saw Lady Klein. Right. And I think we got a tweet from Denise, right? Wasn't Denise asking about shapeshifting? Because I don't, or um, possession, I guess maybe was what it was. Oh, uh, yeah. Because I feel like it is shapeshifting and not possession. Yeah. I yeah. don't even know that I'd call it shapeshifting. I, I don't know that we know if she has even a f- form, you know? I, I think... I'm just using that as like an umbrella term for taking on the shape of someone that they aren't. Okay, sure. But yeah, I didn't get the sense it was possession. I think it is definitely, she is a separate entity that is appearing to Dutch looking like people she knows. Oh, here is the the actual tweet from Denise. Is the lady able to bounce between people, like between Anila, Johnny, and I even think she's in Pip? I don't think that's what's happening. Well, because she talked about using them as tools, but I mean, she can't leave the green space. So I don't think she's inhabiting people outside of the green space. Well, I thought it was interesting that scene where Pip looks like he's being influenced by the spider thing or whatever. But you hear this very eerie whispering. And I was like, is that the lady trying to break through? And, you know. Quite possibly. To, yeah, the real world. Which scene is this that you're talking about, Annie? In last week's episode? No, no, in this week's episode when Pip was on the bridge right before Dutch came on. And ah. you could see him, you know, kind of having the shaky, spidery effect again. And he looked really freaked out. And, you know, you hear this whispering in the background. And I, I had the captioning on the second time I watched the episode. And it, I can't remember what it was saying. It was like, for him to do something or, you know, she was trying to instruct him to do something. Hmm. Yeah. Whatever that voice was saying. I missed that. Yeah. I guess my sense of it is that she can maybe communicate with the Holland through the green, but we've also seen there are levels of Holland who have more free will. So mm-hmm. I wonder if there's certain Holland that she can control more directly through suggestion with, whereas there are other Holland who not as much, you know, she might try to manipulate them, but, I don't think possession is the right word for what she's doing. But I could be wrong. This is just my sense of what we've seen so far. But speaking of the Hullen, now all the Hullen on the Armada are activated. So did the lady do that? I have a thought about that. I'm not super sure, but wasn't that the ship that was Anila's? Yes. I thought it was Anila, maybe. Oh, I didn't consider that. Okay. Because the last thing she did was take over the crew of that ship. From the lady, right? Yes. Okay, so my thinking is this. That happened after Delsea, who was the one controlling them, who told them to stand down, after she was cleansed. Mm-hmm. So she is no longer the one dictating their action. So that's that's my thought on that. 
is what caused them to unfreeze. But going back a little bit to what we're seeing in the green space, the big sort of question of those scenes was reminding us that Klein instructed Dutch that it was very important she remember the story about Johnny in the sense that Johnny had a, some answer for her when she got out of the green space. And basically, Johnny was like, oh, so what are we thinking? Does anybody have any theories about what might be going on with that? Like what Klein might have told Johnny or what Klein is getting at by that suggestion? Here is my thought. And I'm not sure this is a good thought, but it is a thought I had while watching. Well, rewatching. There was a specific scene from the story that we heard at the beginning of the season that we saw again. The one in the bar? Yes, the one in the bar that we saw again in this episode, which is all about Johnny running a con. And then we see the flash that the lady shows Dutch of Johnny saying, who is Johnny? So... My theory, which is probably not true, (laughs) is maybe that is also part of a con. Mm. Johnny is faking in order to to fool the lady. Could be. I was a little surprised when Johnny said, well, I don't know what it means. And I'm like, but we need the missing piece and we need to figure this out. I was like, he doesn't have any clue? Because I sure as heck don't. But... That's why Chris is smarter than me. Well, so. n- no. <laughs> Again, see above, re probably wrong. <laughs> but it's just, again, a thought I had while watching this for the third time <laughs> and thinking, hmm, that is a very specific clip of that story. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing I can think of, because we see in that clip that Johnny takes a wallet from somebody. And we've seen in previous seasons that... Klein has delivered pieces that became important to Dutch's journey toward whatever she's been going toward. Turns out it's lady. He sort of has delivered important stuff to her in various ways. This is very, very outside of the realm of possibility. I realize that. But it's like, is that particular wallet he stole? Does he still have it? Is there something important in it? (laughs) I think it's very unlikely, but that was my thing that occurred to me. You're you're not wrong though. They did spend much of the first season introducing objects or visuals or whatever that then become relevant later. Yeah. So And Zeph has that line in this episode where Klein has given us everything we need to, you know, defeat the lady or something to that extent. She did make specific reference to the fact that Klein has delivered well, them. I think there's the thing that we I'm pretty sure didn't actually mention in the first episode that we recorded this season, where there's that symbol that we keep seeing in that vision. Which obviously is going to be significant, though I don't know that we've seen it outside of that vision yet. Or at least if we have, I've missed it. Which symbol is this again? Um, the, the rack symbol that Dutch sees turns into something else. Oh, that's right. That was like specifically highlighted. But yeah, I don't know what it yeah. does yet. But yeah, I was, uh, like I said, a little surprised, eh, a little frustrated that I'm like, we didn't, that Johnny didn't have another clue to kind of, push that story forward of why is this story so important of when they first met. The flashbacks, do we think they were shown to us in chronological order? I think so. I mean, I'm inclined to say yes, but also... 
Well, I mean, I guess you have that question of maybe not the first one because you have, I think so though, because you have what looks like Anila finding Dutch out in the woodsy snowy place. But then it cuts to Dutch is back at this little lair and it turns out that it's not really Anila, it's the lady. But then later in the episode, we have a repeat of that where Anila finds Dutch in the woodsy snowy place and it is actually Anila. So I do think that they are in order, though maybe not that first scene. It's possible it could be a flash to later when the actual Anila finds her, but I get the sense that they were in order. Right, because, I mean, in that first scene, that is picking up from where we left off at the end of episode one, Mm -hmm. where there's the black veiny stuff going on. Black roots, Chris? Is this what you're saying? Yes. Yes, Yes, I am saying that. (laughs) I'm just just saying. I don't know. But I kind of interrupted you. You're talking about chronological order. Sorry. It's one of those things I think that it is, but also it crossed my mind that maybe it's not, Mm -hmm. just because I worry too much. (laughs) And again, there's this whole thing where it's like, okay, how much of this can we trust? Since it is a matter of memory, right? Like, memories aren't flawless. Right. And I feel like we should point out the repeating line that Dutch kept hearing in her head when she was in the green space about how she'd always end up back here. And Mm -hmm. that was interesting to me because it's not like she always ended up back at the ruins. She was different places in her memories. So what might be the significance of that line later on, if it does have significance later on? I feel like it could. Does Mm -hmm. it mean the green space? Because I feel like it might mean the green space. Yeah, exactly. Because that's where she's from. It's true. She was created in there. And also... Just final thoughts. Sorry. The, the green space stuff was really rich. I keep having little little thoughts. With Anila <laughs> having, you know, solidified the green in at least some region of the of the J, where how the heck is she gonna get is Dutch gonna get back in there, Anila? <laughs> she wants to come help, but how? Well, it is also implied that Dutch might have the same power that Anila has over the green. It's true. And I mean, if nothing else, we know Dav has powers over the green, so Maybe some combination of those two things, or maybe Davin will have to help train Dutch to use those powers or to find that she has them. I don't know. Maybe the baby will have some impact on it. That is a good transition point if we want to start talking about I the baby. I meant it to be. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to go back to something Annie pointed out. This was not your typical childbirth storyline, which I kind of appreciate, you know? <laughs> Yes, I feel like we've all seen the exact same childbirth scene on a great many TV shows. But I I liked that there was the anticipation that it was going to be a typical childbirth scene. And and Delce is just like, I don't feel any pain. I'm just irritated. (laughs) (laughs) And she was so mean to Davin. She's like, I know. We make him shut up. (laughs) I know. She was mean to everybody. I'm true. So it's like there was no pain, and then there was scary, oh my gosh, are we going to accidentally kill them pain? And then her spinal cord got severed, and the baby gets delivered off camera. Like, I I know, and you're, what? (laughs) You shouldn't feel anything when your spinal cord is getting severed. No big deal. (laughs) I was going to say, like, that that ended up being the most common peaceful part of the entire process was (laughs) the severing of a spinal cord. 
Yeah. Only on Killjoys. Yep. But I feel like we need to say thanks, Killjoys, for doing something different. Like, (laughs) I feel that way, at least. Oh, yeah. I appreciate it. I feel that way about a great many things that Killjoys does. Yes. But again, I just found Delsaia so enjoyable to watch this episode. Even though I know she's mean, she's being terrible to people, but she's so entertaining. (laughs) She is. She's so, so terrible. And, you know, scoffing at people, offering hands to hold. And then she ends up (laughs) holding two two separate people's hands. And it's kind of sweet. I know. I know. know. Because she had that moment at the end of season three where they were you know getting lucy to sever the the cords on the elevator and she grabs johnny and davin's hands like don't you tell anybody about this so it was kind of <laughs> nice that you know, she took davin's hand when she got a little scared i was like oh don't say ya. he did offer because he's he did. he's a good dude like that yes but I also i i adored that scene between her and pre with him offering her ice chips <laughs> And, like, it's the sassiest offering of ice chips I've ever seen. <laughs> ice chip. <laughs> or maybe it's the iciest. The iciest offering of ice chips? Yes, it is both sassy and icy, which I, I feel like I should expect no less from Pre. It's true. But it made me very happy because I mentioned in our last episode that I was, like, ready for Delsea to have some emotions about Anila. And boy, did she have some emotions about Anila in this episode, and it made me happy. Because the heart rate sped up when she saw Dutch. I know. (laughs) And then the the unfortunate choking later on in the episode. But what really actually stood out to me in that scene when, you know, she was, she had Dutch by the throat is what I'm talking about, was how calmly Dutch dealt with the situation. It's so Dutch, though. It's just kind of like, well, this is happening now. (laughs) I know. Considering everything that she'd just been through in the green, she's like, eh. You know. Well, but to me also, I feel like it might be somewhat demonstrative of her changing opinion of Delsea and Anila based on sort of mm-hmm. what she learned from Anila. Mm-hmm. You know, because she, she has that big speech at the end where she talks about how the lady is our real enemy, sort of making clear to people it's not Anila who's the enemy, it's the lady is the real enemy. And so mm-hmm. in that scene where, you know, Delsea was choking her, I thought that also might have been a consequence of her learning more about Anila and such in the green space. But you're right. It is it is generally, I think, a very Dutch thing to do. And I, and I thought it was very compassionate of her that she was, like, holding Delsea's hand as she got her spinal cord severed. Like, she, mm-hmm. Delsea didn't kind of grab her unwillingly. We, we just, you know, get cut to where Dutch is just holding her hand to help her out. And I just thought that was kind of nice. Even though Delsea is a terrible person and I don't know if I should like her. <laughs> I know this because this series does things to me where it's like, why are you making me like terrible people? And then they do something and then I'm like, oh, I feel, you know, sorry for you because Delsea is no longer Holland. She doesn't know how to deal with that. And she has to deal with human emotions again. And but, you know, such a transition on her face when she's holding the baby and she's like, uh, I don't know what to do here. Yeah. You can take him now. I did like that moment where she had like her sort of moment of wonder, like, oh, this is my child. Oh, he's crying a lot. You can have him. <laughs> Settled right down in Davin's arms, let's let's point out. Well, who wouldn't with arms like those? Mm-hmm. That mm. is fair. I would like Davin to hold me in his strong arms, I'm just saying. <laughs> Being gently cradled by <laughs> muscles. <laughs> oh, going back to the talk of talk of compassion, because that is a big theme and always has been on this show, is 
how compassionate Dutch, especially at the beginning of the series, that was sort of the the big thing is Dutch is very compassionate and she leads with that. And I feel like as the series has gone on, we've saw, we've seen a lot more of that from other characters too. And I feel like Davin especially is being shown as being extremely compassionate. Well, and Dutch was just reminding me of, of other reasons that I love her and why I love how she is written on this show. Because something I love about Dutch is that she admits when she messed up and wants to make things right. I feel like so often on shows, lead characters are kind of made, a li- they're either just so ridiculously faulted and like that's the whole point of the series. Or oftentimes they just are made to always be right all the time. And then there's the weird, like, hybrid of that where the person is terrible and wrong all the time, but they're constantly forgiven for it because they are right yeah. about stuff yeah. or whatever. Sure. Like, they behave terribly, but oh, they're so smart, it gets the or, job done. Or, oh, they have such great abilities. We need to just accept that this is their terrible behavior. Yeah, exactly. It's garbage and I hate it. <laughs> But I love that Dutch, she makes mistakes and she's willing to admit when she's wrong and she messed up. Because I feel like when I'm watching TV shows, there are beats where I feel like I know what probably is going to happen. And I don't mean that to sound like a criticism of TV shows. It's fine that we use sort of known storytelling devices. That's how stories work. And I think that's fine. But I love that a couple times in this episode, I thought that a scene was going to go one way. But then Dutch was just willing to say like, yeah, you're right, Johnny, I've messed up. That's not the worst thing I've done recently, but I'm going to make it right. And and things like that. Like, she keeps me on, on my toes because she isn't written exactly the way I kind of expect lead characters to be written all the I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> I feel like this description that you just gave is why I and you and probably a lot of people listening to this right now love the show so much and why other people are so like, I don't, I don't get this show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a perfect way of describing it. Because I'm like, yeah, because it subverts all the normal storytelling expectations. And as as confused as you can be sometimes, you're like, well, that's how it's supposed to go. Because it's not going to give you everything right away. So I can be patient. I'll wait for all the pieces to come together. But still, I'm like... <gasps> it is a show that rewards patience and attention. It does. Yes. <laughs> And and since you've mentioned it a couple of times recently, I too wanted to make sure that we mention how great Davin has been because he hasn't had very showy storylines these past few episodes. He's just been a really solid, keeping things going type of presence. And he's like the steady beating heart of the show right yes, now. Yes, exactly. And I'm one of the it. one of the scenes I really loved was when Dutch was like understandably upset about Johnny being Holland. But Davin's response being, you were not there. I had to make a decision. You don't get to judge me. And again, mm-hmm. that was one of the moments I love Dutch because she just was like, you know what? You're you're right. I'm upset about this, but I wasn't there. So yeah. I thought that was a great scene between the two of them. That scene was great. And the scene where they're trying to transfuse Delsea <gasps> and it's not going well. Yes! And then Dav's like, you know, it's not our decision to make and she yes. can't make it right now. So this has to stop. Yes. That really made an impression on me, especially upon rewatch. I'm like, wow, what? Who does that in a show? That's just awesome. You know, her decision. Again, this show is all about compassion and consent and autonomy. Mm. And I'm so into it. Davin, I love you so much. <laughs> 
and I felt bad for him that he kept getting he kept getting so ruthlessly teased and just being I don't more than teased. I don't know what that is by Delseo. She was just being so mean to him, but mm-hmm. berated. Berated. There we go. But you know, he stuck by her and he he did the right thing and he's just he's a good guy. Love Davin. Also, I've gotta say, since we're talking about Davin, I was watching this episode. And granted, it could be because it was too early in the morning when I was watching it, but I just kept thinking, like, his his shirt is very tight, uh-huh. and I'm like, you know what? <laughs> Luke McFarlane should play Superman. I agree. Like, you said that, and I, as I was, yeah. was re-watching the episode, I was like, yes, yes, he should. He would make a great mm-hmm. Superman. I do not disagree with that. He's tall, he's hunky, he's earnest, mm-hmm. he's amiable, his eyes are super pretty. <laughs> He's got a strong jaw <laughs> and eyelashes. Do not forget. Don't forget his good beautiful posture. Eyelashes. Did I say good posture already? He's got good posture. <laughs> <laughs> give that man a cape. <laughs> so, just to give you an idea of what's going on on our other podcasts, in our multi fandom podcast finalysis, I finally got the Black Lightning episode edited. Woo! Yay! Yeah, I'm so pleased and relieved that I finally got that done. It is available for everybody to listen to over on our website, askgenretv.com slash fan. And Black Lightning is a really great show. We all really liked it. So please go listen to our episode about season one. So I guess moving into the Johnny Holland storyline, like I have to confess to y'all, I got to a point during this episode where I was just like, I hate this. I hate this storyline. It just feels like a way to emotionally torment Dutch. I hate this. <laughs> well, not just Dutch. Emotionally torment all of us. Yes, it's everybody. Dutch. It's, it's Davin. It's us, the audience. It is horrible to us all. <laughs> so, yes, I have strong mixed feelings about this because, like, it is, like, story-wise, this is an interesting route to go. I can't, I can't blame the writers too much because I'm like, you know what? This is, this is rich territory, <laughs> but also ow my feelings. Yeah. And I guess because it's Johnny and Dutch, I would rather them have conflict that came from personal disagreement rather than something sort of taking over Johnny and making him not Johnny. Like that's where I would rather them have conflict personally. And I think the reason I got to where I was just like, I hate this is because where we see him get healed, where where Zap is able to help him, it felt like, oh, that was a really pat ending to this little story arc. It's like, oh, she just has to poke a little thing in his neck and then wave a little wand over his head and he's I know, okay. I was like, that was really quick. Yeah. I was like, how did that happen? And it was, um, because for a second I didn't believe it. I was like, wait, he's okay? And what kind of neck fixer thingamajigger is that? Because... That's some really impressive technology that I didn't know they had. <laughs> so. I think we've seen something well, but we similar have to seen that, that yeah. kind of thing. We have. It's just been a while. But when I saw it, I thought, okay, so they were setting up how to help Delsea with this that beat. And then I felt better about the whole Johnny Holland storyline when we saw the glimpse that the lady showed Dutch of what her future was with Johnny, presumably, shooting her. That, I think makes it a bit more ambiguous. Like, okay, Johnny's okay right now, but could this have repercussions in the future? You know, what does the fact, mm-hmm. this little vision that we see, does that 
fit into what we've seen happen to Johnny so far this season. So I felt better about it by the end of the episode, but boy, mid-episode, I was just like, I hate this. I hate this. I hate this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I get that. (laughs) Also, I just had another thought. You remember the whole thing with Sabine? Mm Mm-hmm. Because Sabine, it seems like, kind of got cleansed, and then it came back. Back. Yeah, exactly. So now I'm concerned. Uh (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, listeners. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was so torturous seeing, you know, the scenes when Johnny's like, well, I know when you're lying, too. Because it's like, they know everything about each other. But when Johnny, like, breaks his own neck... My question is, was that Johnny himself, maybe, who figured out a way to do it? Or just was he just kind of giving up and going, well, there's no other way out of this? I don't know. I think he was just desperate. I don't know. I I felt like there was a little bit of, I don't know, Johnny that still was in control that... No, no, I I think that is what we are basically being told in that scene, is he's like, I've got two warring things going on in my head right now. Mm -hmm. There's there's Johnny, and then there's Holland Johnny... And so I feel like probably it is an act of desperation on Johnny's part. And also possibly Hull and Johnny would be like, great, go ahead and do this and torture your friends, but also it'll heal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I feel like both sides of Johnny probably agreed on that as a course of action, which sounds terrible. Though I really did wonder why they didn't try doing a transfusion of Davin's blood on Johnny the way that they did with Delsea. Because mm. the whole thing was that is a good point. he partially weakened Sabine. Johnny wasn't fully Hullen. If they had done a blood transfusion with Davin, could that have maybe kicked the green out of Johnny without permanently harming him the way that it might have Delsea because he wasn't fully Hullen yet? That is an excellent point, especially since the whole thing at the end of the episode is like, hey, this thing worked on Johnny. Let's use it on Delsea. Yeah. Yeah. That is an excellent point. (laughs) Although I've got to say, end of the episode, Johnny's Johnny again, or at least seems to be. (laughs) He needs a mint. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Yes. As you would. (laughs) And and takes six showers. (laughs) like he was cleansed now he really needs to actually get cleansed (laughs) and he says to dutch pretty sure i shot down a bunch and then i love dutch's response yeah but that's like a hug in our family by now so (laughs) they're a family it's true i do have to say um thank you for putting johnny in his beautiful blue eyes and his beautiful cute blue robe it just was such a nice visual so (laughs) How many buckles do we think that the costume department buys every year? They can spend as much money as they want on buckles, as long as they cut down. That's where they spend their sleeve budget. Exactly. (laughs) You don't need sleeves in space. Come on. Space isn't cold. No. Speaking of, the lighting on Lucy is amazing, as always. And uh, everybody's arms look so great in that scene (laughs) on the bridge or in the cockpit or whatever you call that. Uh, I'm not sure because, you know, if it was a ship, it would be a bridge. If it's an airplane, it's a cockpit. What what is it when it's a spaceship? I don't know. When it's a small spaceship. Yeah. That's the thing. Because if it's the USS Enterprise, it's a bridge. It's a bridge. But Mm -hmm. Lucy is not the USS Enterprise. So I don't know. uh, Lucy is an amazing ship. We do not want to to denigrate Lucy. Lucy had some great moments in this episode. I I thought (laughs) 
<laughs> I got a chuckle. She had a bit of a Hal moment from uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey, where <laughs> Dutch was climbing up to the ceiling and Lucy suddenly gets very serious, like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I like that Lucy's like, this is going to void my warranty. <laughs> <laughs> She tried to lie to Dutch, and Dutch just saw right through her. <laughs> I'd appear to be on general lockdown. <laughs> I don't think that's true. And then Lucy's like, I can't lie. And Dutch is like, now I know you're lying. <laughs> I'm just saying, everybody's arms look great. <laughs> it's like the benefit of having somebody strangling somebody else. <laughs> It's like, wow, her arms look amazing. I can't be the only person who thought that during that scene. <laughs> that incredibly inappropriate thought. No, I was I was staring at Dutch's arms, so yeah, you weren't you weren't wrong. I mean Dutch's shoulder? Goodness. Mm. <laughs> And finally, I, I wanted to mention Zeph, because I thought, again, she had a really great, strong part to play in this episode. Yes, I, I love it that Zeph, like, stood up to Dutch when she was healing Johnny. Because <laughs> it feels like when Zeph was introduced, that was not a thing she would have done. Because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the hero worship was too strong, which I understand. I get it, Zeph. The arms alone, you know? <laughs> the shoulders. <laughs> They're such good shoulders. But the, um, <laughs> that, that whole, you know, I don't tell you how to shoot. Don't tell me how to science. Like, yeah. Good for you, Zeph. This is your field. Heal that neck. <laughs> well, I feel like this season we're getting a good blend of confident Zeph, which was something of a downfall of hers when she was first introduced. And then team players F, which is something she had to grow into this season. You, you mm -hmm. know, we, we're getting to see her really step into herself and just, and be able to kind of lead missions and feel like she knows what she's doing. But she also clearly is putting other people and their needs and concerns. She's considering them. She's not just going with what makes sense to her because that's the thing to do. Yay, character growth. Yay. I would also like to point out, I would like to point out, that Delsea seemed to approve of Zeph's fingernails. <laughs> so, hashtag give Zeph a girlfriend. I cracked up so hard <laughs> when Zeph mentioned the fact that she might have to be putting her hands inside of Delsea, and Delsea's first thought was, let me see your fingernails. <laughs> Whoever came up with that line, thank you. <laughs> Delsea knows what's up. <laughs> But I also want to say, Zeph, I too have small hands, so don't let that, like, you know, make you afraid to try to find a girlfriend. You'll be okay. <laughs> hmm. I didn't think of you when she said that. Yeah, I, thank you. <laughs> be because I feel I need to clarify, Stephanie says this about herself regularly. <laughs> I think she first commented on it to me as I saw her eating with eating popcorn with two hands. Because I have small hands! I can't <laughs> in one hand <laughs> it was adorable so i have to eat popcorn out of two hands like a little squirrel <laughs> it was it was very squirrel like <laughs> someone please take a video next time <laughs> but anyway hashtag give stuff a girlfriend fingernails approved by a bonafide queer character on the show <laughs> 
Oh, dear. We would love to hear your thoughts about this episode of Killjoys. So much happened. You can send them to killjoys at askgenretv.com. We love getting voice messages. You can send us those in a couple of ways. Record a voice memo on your smartphone and email it to us. Or you can call our listener voicemail line at 972-514-7223. Follow us on Twitter or Tumblr at Killjoys Podcast. And a reminder, we have available some feminist Killjoy stickers from our buddies over at Fangirl Shirts. They, they gave us a stack of them. We would like to give some to our listeners. Send us some, some feedback in some way. Mention that you would be interested in a sticker, and we can probably make that happen for you. There are pictures of it available on our social media, if you're curious and haven't seen them. The Quad is part of the Ask Genre TV family of podcasts. To find our other podcasts about Orphan Black, Lost Girl, and some other shows, including Black Lightning, go listen to our episode about Black Lightning, visit our website, askgenretv.com. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you in the Quad.